Welcome back to the golf shop. Mark Greenhouse, Liberty Bill, Collins Janice, Maddie B on vacation. This segment is brought to you by Redbridge. Don't pay a third-party fee. Log on to redbridgegolfclub.com for the lowest rates. Located in Locust, just 10 minutes from the I-485 exit at Highway 2427. That is redbridgegolfclub.com. Just a minute. We're going to have uh, Devin Bone break of the golf fix. Uh, it's a new show. Well, actually, it's a new old show, right? I mean, it's uh, the golf fix with uh, with Michael Breed was a uh, popular show. And uh, now they're bringing it back. It's going to be on uh, Golf Pass from the Golf Channel. They're putting a lot of content on there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they've got uh, kind of uh, the new look and feel of, uh, you know, having the studios in up in Connecticut. And trying to figure out uh, what else they're going to do. And Brandon just kind of took a step back and now reorganizing everything. And I guess with NBC Sports Network going away, you know, the Golf Channel is going to be kind of like the secondary thing for them. So let's uh, bring him in now. Uh, he is the new host of The Golf Fix. Devin Bonebreak joins us. Devin, welcome into the golf shop. Gentlemen, thanks for having me on. Yeah, like I said, this is uh, a uh, a new old show. So uh, bringing back the golf fix and bringing back golf instruction over to Golf Pass on Golf Channel. So uh, obviously a great opportunity for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've done some smaller things with the Golf Channel for a while, and we've been talking about doing some stuff. Over COVID, we brainstormed a little bit. And um, we talked about doing a, a show, and I kind of came to him with some fault and fix stuff. I've been doing a lot of social media online and the fault and fix stuff seem to be doing really well. Um, kind of caters, you know, to all levels of golfers. And, uh, you know, because of that, they're like, you know what, we're already going to come out with the show and it was already going to be a fault and fix show. They're like, why don't we just bring back the golf fix? And, uh, when I got word of that, I was so excited because I've been watching, uh, Michael Breed and the golf fix ever since, you know, it came out. I think it was in like 2009, 10, something like that. It was a long time ago. Yeah. So, you know, over the years, obviously, with the, all of this technology, the the way that golf instruction occurs now is completely different. I mean, before it was, uh, you know, you, you would stand there and you would watch guys hit balls and you'd stand behind them and, uh, and do all this stuff. And now we've got all these video and launch monitors and... Uh, you know all this great technology, but do do you still feel like that there's um, some people that don't like the technology and want it done the old school way, and then obviously there's some people that really love all the technology. Yeah, sure, hundred percent. I mean, there's that kind of old cliche of you know the teaching pro leaning on a seven iron, pointing out something about you know keep your head down or whatever. But I do think in general, just like there's different you know styles of swing, I think there's different styles of learning, and so I think depending on how the student you know. Um, attains the information. Some people want to know all the data. Some people don't even, you know, want to dive into that and it's just going to kind of overwhelm them. So I think it's important depending on what the fault is and, you know, how much they're diving into it uh, to be able to change your teaching style around them a little bit more than having them adapt to you. So I think there's definitely, you know, say someone's about to go play and you kind of already know their swing. You might not need to show them anything except for say, hey, remember, you know, you need to be a little bit more this way with your ball position. That gets you more inside out. And they'd be like, all right, yeah, yeah, thanks. Because I knew it was something quick. So Devin, but, you know, the, oh, go, sorry, ahead. Go, yeah, go ahead. I'll just say, you know, if it's a tour pro or a really good college player you're working with, you might, you might want to dive in a little bit more to exactly what's going on, you know, dial in their spin rates and all the track man stuff. Um, all that stuff's really important too. So it just kind of depends. And what's your process like in terms of figuring out, Hey, this is the aspect of the game. I'm going to go ahead and teach and put out there this week. And how far out do you plan all that? 
Yeah, pretty far in advance. I mean, I think, you know, looking at someone's score, I learned a lot of this from Jim McLean, but really when you look at someone's score, it's a combination of, you know, all the different full swing aspects, a lot of different aspects of the short game, their mental game, and, of course, management. So I think you got to cover a variety of topics because not everyone's, you know, going to need – maybe the majority of golfers want to hit it farther, maybe slice, but there's so many players that could improve from doing better, you know, around the greens or maybe the way they think about their game, the strategy. So I try to make sure I had a good combination of everything, but obviously hit the main subject hard as far as, uh, you know, solid iron contact, distance, uh, things that I think everyone kind of wants to get a little bit better at. Yeah, so that begs the question, you know, I mean, you, you mentioned it with spin rate and all and launch angles and all this stuff. Yeah. Which which direction should you go first? Should you correct all of the the equipment issues in terms of launch angles, spin rates, and, and all mm-hmm. that stuff before you fix the swing? Or do you fix the swing and then fine-tune it with the rest of it? I mean, or is it a chicken-egg kind of a thing? Yeah, great question. It really, a lot of it depends on the person and what they're willing to do. So if they're willing to take lessons and improve, I would always go lessons first. Because that way, like, say you fit to some huge mistake that they have. Say they're super outside in, the face is way open, they have a ton of spin, and you fit them to something that gets their spin rate good, and then all of a sudden you change their swing and make it better. Now their spin rate is probably going to be super low, and they're going to have to get refit. Uh, so unless you're trying to sell a bunch of clubs, that might not be the best strategy. Uh, but if they're not going to really, you know, say they just like to play a lot and they don't really like to work on their game, maybe they don't practice, then just fit to what they currently have. You know, there's no need to try to change something if someone doesn't want it. You know, you don't want to give people, you know, information they're not really asking for. And what high-level changes have you really seen in golf instruction, especially now as we enter this data-driven age? Yeah, I mean, I would just say the, I mean, hands down, I would say the biggest, most recent you know, change is going to be uh, all the, you know, Doppler radar track man stuff. It's just massive as far as just having a quantitative way to analyze improvement and change and things like that. And then, you know, even on a higher level, I'll say the 3D stuff, so like the gears, uh, you know, the sensors all over the body, the sequencing of like what's moving when, um, you know, and if you video it, you know, and you study swings a lot, you can start to see things, but it's still way easier and way more direct as far as understanding what's exactly happening. Um, and then, you know, it's a little bit easier to convey that to people because we have data saying, hey, this is exactly what they do. It's not an opinion. This is just a fact. Again, we're talking with uh, the new face of the golf fix on Golf Channel, Devin Bonebreak. And, uh, you know, it's always interesting. I mean, you can sit here and, and you can take, uh, you know, players and, and, and decent players and, and beginner players and you can show them video of swings and, other, you know, professional golfers. And and then all of a sudden you get somebody like a Jim Furyk or a Matthew Wolf, and it's like, you know, people look at that and say, how is it possible that they are that far outside of the realm of what you would consider kind of this standard golf swing and they're playing at the top level? How does something like that happen? How do you explain that to people? Yeah, I love that question. I absolutely love that question because those guys are such great ball strikers. Uh, you know, Jim Ferrick's one of the best ball strikers yes. ever. A lot of people don't realize that he's won a ton of money on tour. So really what, you know, I think helpful is looking more at the downswing and kind of looking at, hey, if I blocked out, you know, their setup or their, you know, the top of their swing, you know, how does it look like from waist high coming down to waist high coming through? Um, and Jim Ferrick even says himself, he doesn't feel like he's looping. It feels like it's straight back and straight through. So to him, he's not really doing anything. You know, and a lot of it is, you know, to the person, what's consistent is going to be whatever they've done for the longest period of time. You know, you saying, hey, this move isn't as consistent as some other moves is more of an opinion. So, you know, if they're producing great, similar numbers on TrackMan over and over again, that's a good swing, no matter how they do it. Um, and then, you know, from there, I would say that, 
you know, understanding that having, you know, kind of a unique swing is actually more common than having a kind of technically perfect swing. So, you know, if we were to look at some of the best players on tour, I don't think we would say Rom has a technically perfect looking backswing. It's short, it's a little kind of laid off. Um, if you look at, you know, Morikawa, he's a lot of bow in his wrist. Obviously, DJ looks a little bit different. Kepka's a little bit different. Um, Patrick Reed's got kind of the opposite wrist position. You know, so it's, it's honestly, it's important to make sure that you keep these things that these players have done for so long because I personally think that if you've changed something someone's done for a really long time, whether you think it's technically better or not, they're going to be less consistent generally because they've just done the other thing for so long. It's going to take years and years to hammer that out of their system, and I don't really think that's worth it. Yeah, you know, and the other thing too with 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 the modern game is that uh, it, it you know I've always said that you know distance was something that was just kind of came natural to some people. I mean, I remember growing up. I mean, I didn't weigh a hundred pounds till I was like a <laughs> between my freshman and sophomore year in high school. I mean, I was a skinny little thing, and but I could generate a lot of club head speed and and hit it out sure. there, you know, further than most of the members uh, at the club growing up and. You know, but yeah. now, but now we've seen Bryson DeChambeau take the you know the distance, the gain of distance to a new level. So you know, proving the point that distance can be gained. Um, so, but the other thing too is you see all these people. You see John Rahm. You know these guys with such short backswings generating a lot of power. You know how do you yeah. ex- how do you explain that piece to people? Yeah, I mean, I would say say you take like a Finau or Rahm. And, you know, there's kind of like the science behind, you know, what generally is going to create more power. So, you know, generally longer backswing, higher arms, more radial deviation, bigger turns, things like that are going to generally create more potential for speed. But, you know, if you're really strong and fast, um, a lot of players on tour say Finau is the longest by far. He just happens to have a shorter swing. And if he really goes after it, he's, he's going to be the fastest. So um, I think you can definitely gain speed. I think there's a lot to say for, you know, if you're born with more fast twitch or slow twitch muscle fibers. I think how you train, how you develop those muscle fibers are important. And just being in a, you know, position in your swing where you can create a lot more leverage and, you know, you don't have to decelerate as much. And, um, you know, the face and the path are in a good spot. So uh, I think there's definitely ways to improve it, which is great. But to your point, 100%, just like with a lot of things, um, you know, there's, you know, you can't always count out talent and nature and, you know, kind of what you're born with either. We're talking with Devin Bonebreak, host of the Golf Fix. Go check that out on NBC Golf Pass. Piggybacking off of the distance discussion, there had been a debate a couple months back, and it's kind of resurfaced regarding PGA Tour. Do you modify the ball? Do you modify courses? Where do you stand? Do you see the distance as a big issue out there in terms of these guys hitting it off the tee? You know, I can see where they're coming from with that, but in a lot of ways I really just don't feel like you should you know, penalize people for – working hard and doing all the right things. I mean, I don't think they're going to make, you know, the basketball hoop, you know, 11 feet because guys are taller and jumping higher now, or I don't know. I mean, I think there's, you know, differences for sure. Um, and I understand that the course has got to be able to adapt, but you know, the further you hit it, the more accurate you have to be. So if you're 10% off and you're hitting at 250 and you're 10% off, you're hitting at 350, you know, that 10% off at 350 is going to be further offline. Right. So if the rough is long and it's, you know, it's narrow, it's going to be pretty difficult to hit fairways. And so, I think they've proven, you know, showing a lot of guys that, although have been hitting it far, have been successful. There's a lot of guys that are accurate that can also be very, very successful. I think at the end of the last round of the Masters, I mean, Bernhard Langer beat Bryson DeChambeau. So there's a lot of, you know, intricacies within all that. Um, I think, you know, I can't remember who said it, but someone said just managing how uh, much loft a driver can have. I think that's a great way to go. You know, something like that. Okay, you can't have that five-degree driver. Because, um, you know, if you hit up a lot on a five-degree driver and your spin is low and your launch is high, I mean, you're going to have 
a lot of distance, you <laughs> sort of speed. So, you know, maybe saying, hey, nine and a half degrees or nine degrees is as low as you can go. That might be one option. Um, but there's also the equipment companies you got to take into account. I mean, you know, their livelihood is on trying to get people distance. And I think one of the cool things is that the average guy can say, hey, like, you know, I'm playing the same equipment, the same ball as these guys. And, you know, this is how much further they hit it than me. Or I almost hit it as far as a pro. I mean, a lot of people love hearing that. So, I think there's something to say for everyone playing the same stuff. Yeah. Well, I've always told people that uh, that say, oh, man, you hit it a long way. Yep, I do, and I hit it further out of bounds than you do. So, uh, so, uh, 100%. Yeah. So, Devin, uh, where can people uh, catch all of your, uh, your help with them, um, whether it's practice drills, lessons, fitness, equipment? Where can they catch you? Yeah, primarily on Golf Pass, uh, NBC's Golf Pass. They're doing a huge push. So much good content on there right now. Connor Moore Show, Road Tripping, um, Swing Expedition. There's so much great stuff on there. So that would be the main thing. And uh, I post a lot on Instagram. Just my handle is my name, Devin underscore Bonebreak. Uh, and I also teach at a Rolling Hills Country Club and um, Southern California Golf Academy I own down in Carlsbad. All right. Well, Devin, thanks for sending some, spending some time with us. And uh, good luck with the show. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks, Devin. That is uh, the Golf Fix. Devin Bonebreak. So, again, going over to Golf Pass. He was brought to you by Greater Golf Express, the home of Encore Golf Balls, the official ball of the Golf Shop Radio Show. Purchase Encore Balls in Pineville or at greatergolfexpress.com.